Hello, and welcome to the City of Fruit podcast. Fruit is used as a metaphor, not of our direct actions, but the things produced as a result of our lives. This isn't about just the things that we're accomplishing, but the true deeper meaning and lasting impact of what we're doing. This is your host, Palmer Thomas, and I'm excited to have you here on this journey with me. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm here with my guest, Yanni Medhin. How are you doing, man? Doing great, man. Doing great. Just living the Colorado dream right now. Yeah, hey, we are welcome back anytime. Um, and so we've known each other for a little while now. Um, mm-hmm. This is City Fruit Podcast. The first question we like to ask is, what is your favorite kind of fruit? Ooh, you know what, man? I am a big fan of blueberries. Blueberries? I don't know, man. Okay. What, you know, I just, they're just easy to eat. They taste great. You can use them in a lot of different things. I don't know. I, lo- I just love blueberries. All right. And they go great in pancakes. Okay. <laughs> they do go great into pancakes. And so let's use that then to transition into what we're talking about today. So you, um, you, well, let's see you, we met in Colorado yes. when you were at School of Mines yep. in engineering. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I guess even that's one of my questions is, so you went from engineering and now you're running a company um, mm-hmm. based in San Antonio, Texas. Yep. Yep. And that company, uh, Grain for Grain, just explain that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So um, originally, you know, when I was at Mines, um, I was doing a lot of home brewing and uh, we always had just this leftover waste um, called spent grain. And then so decided to you know try and do something about it. So uh, and home brewing beer and home brewing beer. Yeah. So I would go to there's like a couple of companies here in downtown that you could go in and rent their equipment and brew your own beer, and then you would take the grain with you if you wanted, or they would give it to a farmer. So I decided to take that grain home with me, and then I turned it to granola. And then in an entrepreneurship class in my last semester, I was like, hey man, maybe we could use this for a project. And then so I made cereal, and then. The rest of the class project was, hey, can we do something with this grain? And then fast forward three years, took me about three years to figure out what to do with it. Um, We decided to actually, let's try and start a business with it. We're young, we don't have a lot of responsibilities. So um, we decided to uh, go to San Antonio. So I transitioned from being an engineer in oil and gas to now doing food. <laughs> yeah, and that's that was that's that's a crazy journey, a crazy different change. There. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever like see yourself? Did you wanted to work in oil and gas with? Yeah. Oil? So man, for the longest time, um, yeah, I thought you know I thought that's what I wanted, and maybe maybe I will want it again. But um, I think what I really wanted was, uh, I mean, like any other millennial, I guess you could say, is just an adventure. And then this this gave me a great avenue where I could. Um, do a lot of good um, and really help people, but uh, also with something that could potentially be successful yeah. financially as well. So it's it was one of those two options where um, I got to kind of be, do the best of both um, and be kind of an entrepreneur and, and have that adventure for myself. Yeah. Well, no, what a cool journey. Yeah. And so um, with the grain for grain, so you you actually, you got you were getting the grains from yes. that spent. Yes. And, and you told me that's like 85% of the product. Yeah, so 85% of the brewer's waste is spent grain. So spent grain is um, when they start the brewing process, they take barley and a bunch of other grains. So wheat and oat are the other two popular ones. And they use these enzymes that eat up all the carbohydrates. And those starches get fermented to alcohol. So all you're left with is protein and fiber. 
and then it also leaves behind iron and calcium and it breaks down all the gluten as well so you basically have a superfood flour that has no carbs or gluten so we're like man i mean you could do a bunch of applications with it if you can figure out how to bake with it so brewers generally in the u.s alone six million tons of this goes to waste annually worldwide it's 35 34 million tons so if you could just dry all of that in one year you could feed the world population of flour with flour in for like the next 20 years so it's just an unreal amount of potential resource that goes to waste every day uh, so either they're throwing away about a third of it and the other two-thirds goes to farmers but the farmers still let a, a part of it rot and degrade so all you're left with is like one third of it that's getting fed to cattle and then so much of it is going to waste. And why does that go to waste? Well, so when it comes out of the brewing process, it actually rots within 18 hours. So you have an 18 hour window where you have to dry it. And so for the last 150 years, people have been trying to dry it in that 18 hour window uh, and they just never were able to. And then after that, it actually begins to ferment still. And then you end up having just like mold and it just gets disgusting. Um, obviously not good for human consumption. So what we did was, and the reason it took us three years to launch this, was we spent like two years trying to figure out how do we actually dry this commercially. So we basically, in a way, kind of invented our own process uh, that we're actually now going through a patenting process for that can now it drop the dry time from four hours that used to do in ovens. We have our own kind of convection oven, specialized convection oven that dries it in 15 minutes. Wow. So we've, we've able to, like, what used to take me three days to dry five pounds, I can do that in like eight minutes. No way. So it's just, it's unbelievable just what, what we've been able to accomplish in those two years. And then because of that, we said, all right, now the brewers are gonna give it to us for waste, uh, as a waste, wasted product. So we get it for free from the microbreweries. So yeah. our number one ingredient is free. Wow. Which is just crazy. Yeah, and then, and then you're also using that to give back. Yeah, so because it is a byproduct um, and where the name Grain for Grain comes from is, uh, I don't know, for us, we've, we've, we're both, uh, both me and my business partner are Christians, um, and he and I both believe that if we could do something that was also worthwhile, we'd both do it. It was one of those things where we, we, just, we both are not driven by money. Um, we're both driven by impact. And we said, well... If we're going to get this for waste as a wasted product, um, why not give back? If if we can do a one for one, can we model our business and our you know our our actual business model um, to have anytime somebody buys a pound of flour, can they can we give one back? So we designed the whole business around that principle. So anytime somebody buys one of our pancake mixes or the actual flour itself, we'll do a one for one donation of the flour to a food bank in San Antonio. Yeah, and I want to. I'm going to get back to that in a second, but just so that just talk about the products a little bit. Yeah, so you guys yeah. are making products with this, with this, with these yep. grains. Yep. So um, if you think about like almond flour and coconut flour, um, those got popular because of there were already applications available. So when articles came out, like you know, almond flour is a great you know flour to use, or coconut flour, people already knew what to use with them. There were products that were already using them. So for us, we said we have this brand new ingredient on the market. How are we gonna get people to use it or trust it? So he said, why not just try and create like baking goods or different types of items that use this flour um, to introduce it to the market? So we said, let's start with a pancake and waffle mix. That's just out of water, super easy. Macro wise, it's gonna be um, way better than Kodiak cakes 
or any of the other brands that are out there. Um, so for us, we believe, okay, we have this, now we have this product that we think is better on that health-wise. It's 100% recycled with the number one ingredient in there. So we are just introducing that and sharing our vision. And we have other products that we'd like to launch as well. But what was crazy was as soon as we launched the pancake mix, our theory was it was going to take a few years for people to actually start wanting to use the flour for their own use. Within the first month, people are like, can I get the flour? So we had to right away. And if you look at our flour bag, it's actually just this craft coffee filter bag <laughs> that we just put together really quick just so we could introduce it to market because people wanted it. And that's actually one of our fastest growing products now um, compared to the pancake and waffle mix. So it's it's pretty crazy, but that was the that was the whole purpose of that. Yeah, and is there like so so the flour's like healthy? Yeah, it's got really good nutrients. Yeah, it's got the proteins and um, and it, does it cook any differently than like your average mm-hmm. flour would? I mean, can you use it in any product that you can you just substitute it for flour? Or is there any? Yeah, no, no, that's a great question. Um, it's it bakes similar to almond and coconut. So because it is so low in gluten and it's so low in active carbs, we call it a really thirsty flour. So it uses a little bit more water, um, not much, but just a little bit more. And uh, most of the recipes that we've created are actually copycats of almond flour. So he said, okay, if you're tired of using almond flour, and then um, it uses a little bit of, uh, you need like some more eggs or some more binding. Um, but in general, it bakes very similar to almond and coconut flour. And what does it taste like? Can you taste it? Tastes amazing. I mean, it so so. I personally am not a fan of almond flour. I kind of like. I don't coconut know if flour. I've ever tried almond or coconut flour. I'm not so hip they, enough they, for either they, of those things. I know, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not that hip, but um, it's one of those things where the flavor is a little bland. Okay. The flavor of spent grain flour is almost like a nutty whole grain taste to it. Um, some people, you know, it's not for all people. It, you know, it does taste healthy in a way, but the way we've made our products, like for example, we've made a keto peanut butter cookie. That thing tastes baller. Man, it, is, <laughs> it is so good. The banana bread, it tastes just like normal banana bread. So we found ways to really just, um, so we actually hired a chef. So we brought on a chef based out of San Antonio, and she has been taking the flour and using it to make pastas, breads, Damn. tortillas. And we use that to pitch to restaurants and say, it tastes just amazing. I mean, it tastes amazing. Um, a little healthier, you know, taste to it, but it, it still has all the benefits of the sustainability and health uh, to kind of pair that with it. So, yeah, it's like the halo top model is what we call it. It's not <laughs> all the way there, but it's so much healthier that you're going to you're willing to sacrifice five to 10 percent of the taste. Yeah. Um, and it's still better for you. Yeah. Well, and so you guys are selling out of or you're 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 based in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Are you selling online at all? Can I get yeah. it shipped here? Can, yeah. I mean, what's the way to find it? Um, so right now, the easiest way is go to grainforgrain.com or you search grain for grain on Amazon. Um, we're in the process of trying to get into some big box stores, um, mainly in Texas. Right now, our distribution is pretty limited. We're, we're a young company. Um, and then what we're hoping for is in the next two years, it'll be in some stores here in Colorado or around the nation. Um, so right now the easiest way is always online. And then yeah, Amazon Prime is like one day shipping now. So that's really nice. So you guys are on Amazon as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, if you go on Amazon, you search grain for grain, um, or I think we're way, way down on the list, but if you search like low carb pancakes, we're somewhere on there. Um, we're working on that. And then uh, on our website too, if you go www.grainforgrain.com. How about like Instagram and stuff? Are you guys on mm-hmm. social media yeah, as well? Yeah, so if you go on to our page on Grain for Grain, um, you can actually 
shop products off the page itself. Oh, cool. So so you can see anytime a product's tagged, it'll direct you either to Amazon or to our website. Awesome. And I think Instagram now offers uh, shopping on the platform itself as well. So there's definitely a bunch of options to buy the product. So cool. Well, I want to ask you a few more like general questions then too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, well, one of the things I love so much about this is just the concept of taking something that was essentially waste. It, it yeah. was, it yeah. was waste yeah. and it yeah. was, you know, and then you even had to not only take that and do something, you had to actually figure out a different way to make that even usable. Yeah. But um, I feel like there's so many things, you know, people are so concerned right now in the world with, um, you know, global warming or mm-hmm. um, recycling and these other things. And I, you know, I definitely think that there is need to reuse and recycle yeah. more yeah. than yeah. And, um, and and reduce as well and reuse. I don't know that our recycling, especially in the U.S., is, is very good, um, especially in like plastics and other things. Yeah, like that. and I'm I'm not too familiar with the numbers on that, but yeah, you know, there's always room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and being able to use something, I, I just feel like there's so um, there's so many more things that we could actually be doing a similar concept to what you're doing with. Yeah, yeah. So right now, for example, uh, okra. Okra, when they're making it, produces, there's also a waste from that. There is a company now, I think they're based out of California, but it's called uh, Renewable Mills. Um, but anyways, they what they do is they take uh, old okra, dry it, and turn it into okra flour. There's a bunch of options. Mm-hmm. Banana peels, you can turn that into a, a, a flour as well. Yeah. So there's just Crazy. so many options of things that we're going to be uh, considered dead, and then you can... You can reuse that for a variety of options, and generally speaking, it's actually going to be healthier as well. Yeah. It's going to be a healthier option. Wow, and that, and that is there is so much to be said about that, and not just like directly trying to use the new thing or produce produce a bunch of more yes. things. Yes, um, just to do. It. I love all these things I'm seeing about like plastics being. You, being turned into other things. Yeah, like we, have you like plastics turned into sneakers? I've seen, yeah, plastics yeah, turned. Yeah. Adidas just put yeah, out a shoe yeah. with all ocean plastics. Man, around. I don't know how it's gonna feel, but I'm gonna try. Maybe I'll have to get a pair. Yeah, I don't know how you make bottles into something <laughs> soft, but that's it's a cool concept. Yeah, though. yeah. And people are like jumping on it because it's it is you know that's yeah. a cool thing and a good thing. I mean, it is a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's one of those thing. trends that you can actually kind of feel good that it's a trend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then another thing, like you already had mentioned that you were doing the one for one. Um, mm-hmm. You just told me the other day that you you had you did you fed yeah so right now we've reached a pretty awesome milestone so we have fed sixteen hundred fifty families one for one um, all in San Antonio so our flour became uh, approved by the American Diabetics Association by their uh, dietitians so in San Antonio or actually in Texas alone I think it's fifty percent of the Hispanic population has prediabetes or are diabetic wow so just imagine that now rather than and, and I have nothing against this, but back when I used to volunteer at the Denver Rescue Mission, um, all the breakfast that I would make for the men that would come through was like donuts. Yeah. And donuts and cake. I'm like, well, what are we doing? Yeah. And then that kind of stuck with me for the last five-ish years. And now we're giving them something that actually has enormous value for them and their family and it's going to make them better. And so you're giving that flour, like how exactly are you guys doing Yeah, that? no, that's a great question. Um, so we give it to, there's two food banks. So whenever somebody buys on our website specifically, and in general, we do a 50-50 split, but there's a, a Christian organization called Hill Country Daily Bread um, based out of Bernie, Texas, and then in San Antonio, the San Antonio Food Bank. 
and then we give the flour to them and then they use agencies to distribute it to the families in need. So we, we don't interact directly with the families. Um, one, that's not our specialty. Two, that will spread us thin. So we just rely on people that have already built those relationships to donate it for us. Um, and they know better than us. So we're just like, hey, we've got this thing that we, has value. Will you give it to somebody that's in need? And they both agree to help us with that. Yeah. And in return, we just get, I mean, there's obviously the marketing benefit. But in return, we, I mean, it's an amazing part of our culture, too, as a startup and how we hope to grow. It is our, it's what embodies us and it's in our name too. Do you find like, just from a practical standpoint, like what a cool thing to do, but do you find that that like, um, takes away from your profits? I mean, obviously it does, obviously it takes yeah. away some things, but do you find like, not just in a moral way, but do you find that it's actually worth it? I'm just thinking for people, maybe they'll listen to this that are actually, they're thinking about starting a business or thinking about um, yeah. donating parts back or whatever. Like there's some burden that comes with that for you guys. Absolutely. So. Yeah, it's um, there's there's one or two ways really to to become a, 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 like a donating company or do, or your where your motto is donation. So like you could do a Tom's or kind of how we're mimicking Tom's or Warby Parker, or there's another company I buy direct. They all have they all have dedicated themselves to actually going out and and doing the distribution. So for us, the burden is how do we go out and distribute it. So for us, it's been really easy because both of those places, like Hill Country Daily Bread is two minutes from our facility. Um, and then San Antonio Food Bank is 10 minutes away from where our office is, which is our house right now. So it's it's not that big of a burden right now. Say if we want to do an international donation, yeah, we'll probably need to partner with a company or a nonprofit like Bill and Melinda, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation or you know, Compassion International or somebody that's already built the distribution network because we just do not have the capability to do that and we won't do that. So we'll, that's how we'll always partner with people. Um, and then the burden is there is a time burden and there's a supply burden, right? So we're using our number one ingredient, which is our biggest supply kind of risk because we're always relying on breweries. And if we're going to give away half of it, we have to model that into our risk. So we've done that, and right now it hasn't been an issue. Maybe in the future it could be, and people need to consider that. Like for example, if somebody's gonna say they're gonna start a t-shirt company, and then they're gonna do a one-for-one t-shirt donation. Well, one, you have to go out and find those people who, who need the t-shirts, or you're gonna donate it to like a Goodwill that is just gonna resell your t-shirt for two bucks, or you can actually find a nonprofit that's gonna distribute it. That all takes work packaging that and sending that to them or delivering that takes work and then the supply the inventory that you spent money on making that t-shirt is is a cash balance thing that you need to consider so for us it made sense because the our number one ingredient was a waste for somebody else it may not like warby parker their margins are so great same with tom's because they're making their glasses and shoes overseas and then bringing them here so for their margins it makes sense for us it makes sense because the brewery was going to throw it away but somebody else, it may not. So they, they may need to just donate money yeah. to like say charity water yeah. and then make that their motto. Um, so that, yeah, yeah this, it's just stuff to think about. For sure. And uh, you were talking about, um, well, I love one thing I love is that you're giving locally yes. to those places. Yeah. Um, but also your family's from Africa originally. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're talking about wanting to, at some point in time, be able to... Yeah, that's a uh, man. It's been one of my dreams is um, 
is so my when my family came here they came here kind of by force and when, when was that this is in the 80s so okay. they came during wartime in ethiopia um long story short you know there were several deaths in the family and um other other things that went down and they they had to immigrate here um as almost as refugees and uh, they they started a life here and have done well for themselves here so for me i would love to take the impact that they've had here and they've also you know supported our family back there but what if i could take what we've done here and then bring it back in a way um not necessarily move back but bring some of the benefit that we've had here in the west there and uh teach them and give them give them work that has value so yeah that's a big dream of mine so who knows that's that's a decade away yeah maybe. yeah but, but, but it takes time home, it takes time though. yeah yeah it is it is it is it's still in my heart some somewhere though so. yeah well what a cool thing um do you have any like last advice for somebody who um who's thinking about starting up a business who's yeah. thinking about doing um yeah thinking about doing something like you for the, that you learned along the way yeah i think uh you know the the main thing there's two things is one is be patient it's um obviously a lot of people like gary v and i've i've been listening to a lot of him too and he always says something it's about the process and i don't think people near don't value that nearly as enough as they should um it take it's gonna it takes years um you know all the overnight successes you've seen had had a decade of work behind it um so i think people just need to understand that and then two you need to value regret so you need to value the regret that you'll feel when you're 85 and on your deathbed and you look back and you say, man, I wish I tried that. That is going to haunt you. That's good. So you need to value that. And then you also need to value the work it'll take to not feel that regret. So those are the two things I'll tell people to think about. Love it. Love it. Well, again, uh, make sure you check out Grain for Grain. Yep. Pretty much anywhere. Online, yeah, yeah. website. Yeah, just Google it Google and it'll, it. it'll pop up. Yeah. And uh, order some product. Yes. If you're looking for yes, a flour support. substitute or you're not and you just need a good pancake mix. Yeah, it's good. Check out the macros, it's good stuff. We'll make sure people do that. Well, thanks again for sitting down with me today. Uh, Learned a lot, had a great time doing this. Thank you, Palmer. Yeah, appreciate it, man. All right, appreciate it. Thank you again for tuning into this episode of the City of Fruit podcast. We're a young podcast, so we're in need of your help. If you'd like to financially support or have any ideas of people to have on the show or ideas to talk about, please email me at cityoffruit at gmail.com. Also, remember to follow on Instagram at cityoffruit for all the updates of what we'll be doing and where things will be posted. Please get the word out there and share this with your friends around Denver and the world. And together, we can make this a city of fruit.